Leon? I believe Mark's talking. We're good, I think, I hope. There, we're live. Hey, welcome to Intensive Digital Parenting <laughs> with Patty Brooks and Amy Long and special guest Candace Jones. Sorry for the delay this morning, but it's brought to you by our world for children. Candace, welcome. We're so glad to have you. Thank you. Sorry for the delay after you drive so far. So we want to hear your story this morning. Where, how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> how far do you need to go back? <laughs> so tell me what was the first idea, uh, spark, or whatever you want to call it, of deciding to do foster care? Well, I think uh, this is probably pretty common to people who are in the church. We were starting to notice scriptures a lot more. And we were starting to, um, really, the stories of foster care were starting to stand out and seem a little more pertinent to us. Right. Um, a little more personal to us. Right. And the nice thing was that my husband was feeling it at the same time. I think that's always a plus when both spouses. <laughs> yeah. are, which usually doesn't happen. It's true. And so we were blessed in that way that we were both feeling that pull that at the same time. But we were also both as reticent to do it. We really had... You know, our life just seemed very simple, and um, it, everything was just on an even keel. You know, we had certain times that we liked to be, you know, in bed by, and just, you know, just a simple life. But we started, um, we had started doing some volunteering down at a homeless shelter in Dallas called Dallas Life. It's the, one of the largest homeless shelters in the Metroplex. But what's different about Dallas Life is that they take in whole families. So families that are um, displaced um, have a chance to get back on their feet and their kids don't end up in foster care because they don't have a home. Right. So we're seeing a lot of these kids that they were maxing out on space there. So there was not room for other families. Um, we also at that time started seeing a lot of young adults that had placed out of foster care. Okay. And that was a, the, really the, the hardest um, hitting argument God was giving our hearts for getting into foster care because 30% of children or uh, as they become adults if they place out without finding a family 30% end up homeless it's actually 33% right and that's just unacceptable um, and we would think back to when we graduated high school and we had intact families right and we were still I was lost as and a how goose. ready were you yeah yeah I was ready to go out but I was still lost as a goose not knowing what was up or down my mom still had to tell me you know right. bail me out of a few things and so I thought well I had someone to call you know and I right. had some place to go on holidays these kids young adults they turn 18 and they're set out into the world and as y'all know um, foster care in the state of Texas uh, if they age out or even if they're adopted from foster care they can go to college um, the tuition is free at state colleges and now even technical schools um, but only 3% ever use yeah, it. Which is so sad. So sad. They don't have anyone to go take them by the hand, sign them up, right. tell them what classes. I mean, it's just a, it's just It's overwhelming less. for them. Yes. yes. So we were seeing this a lot, um, and it just seemed like um, we were at a desk where the, you know, people would come in and we would interview them and then talk to them and get all of their information in the system before they were given a room. Mm -hmm. And um, that kept coming up over and over. My husband and I were each in a different room. And at the end of the night, we'd be telling each other the stories, and it just was obvious that this was a problem in our right. society. We had read a book called Under the Overpass. It's a very short book, but it's two 
young men that graduated college and they, tra they took a year of their life to travel homeless to the major cities in the United States. And they um, had a theology background, I'm, I'm not sure, but they would visit a lot of the churches too. And it's very eye-opening if you ever read that book on how we as Christians talk about doing the right thing, but whenever it hits the road, the rubber hits the road, you know how we really react when we're up against these young men who are right. homeless in their eyes. And they lived as homeless people, so they weren't, you know, shiny, and they probably right. didn't smell that great. Um, they would go into these churches, and, you know, they weren't always welcomed. Right. So anyway, so it's a hard, it's a hard gig um, to place out of foster care. It's a hard lifetime gig. You know, there's, I don't know the exact percentage. I want to say it's 70-something percent of the men in prison in Texas have spent time in, foster in the foster care, care yeah. system. Um, and, the, and the higher percentage, up towards 90, are fatherless in some way, even if they weren't in the system. Right. So they need these parental, you know, this figures. guidance. Mm -hmm. These right. figures to know what it looks like. Right. And that doesn't always mean somebody to adopt them. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's so many ways people can help. And, and so we were seeing this, and we were just feeling the Lord really pulling us to foster. So we kept trying to make deals with them and telling them <laughs> other things that we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I always feel like Jonah, um, whenever he was told to go to Nineveh and he hopped the boat to go to Tarshish. Right. Was, there's, hey, yeah. there's lots of people in Tarshish. Right. What's yeah. the big deal? So we would try to find other things to, you know, show the Lord that we were rowing our boat. But he wanted us in foster care. <laughs> and we absolutely love it now. And what year was this that all this <sighs> came about? Um, it was probably around 2012, I want to say. Okay. Probably 2011, maybe. And then we got licensed, I think, in 2012. And so when you got licensed, did you ever, like, did you go into it saying, oh, my gosh, I want to adopt X amount of kids or? Nope. How did you go into it? Well, we did have a number in mind. It was zero. Uh, <laughs> yeah, ours was one. We told everyone. Oh, she tried to get out of foster care. She wanted kids. <laughs> right? We had a boy and a girl. We were, at, I call it our table for four years. Right, yeah. You walk into a restaurant, no one looks scared when you walk in. Right. You say table for four, and they say right this way. And now you go in, and people say, are you on a field trip? Yes. Uh, yes. Or is this a daycare? Yes. We've been told that um, if we go to the tubes and stuff, they'll say, we don't allow daycares. I'm like, yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. just our family. Right. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so um, we really, we told all of our friends and everybody that we were just here to, well, in our minds, there were people waiting to adopt uh -huh. these beautiful kids. Right. And as you know, there's this period where biological families have you know, usually about a year to a year and a half, theoretically, to try to get their kids back. And half are reunited right. with biological family. Right. And half, usually, about half, become available for adoption. Right. Well, in our minds, there's a line waiting for these beautiful kids. Uh-huh. Who wouldn't want to adopt these beautiful kids? So right. we're just going to take care of them. You're just going to fill in in the meantime, right? Yeah. Well, we're yeah. here for the gap. No yeah. problem. You Sign us up, Lord. We were not going to adopt. Well, of course, you know, these kids come into your home and they in your heart. are, yes, you can't take care of a child and look in their eyes and reassure them when they're afraid and put them to bed. Right. And they're calling you mom and dad because they want a mom and dad so right. bad and um, that you are their mom and dad. And right. that's all there is, you know, mm -hmm. and that's all she wrote. So we are now in our sixth adoption. <laughs> And you know that story. And then you have two bio. We have two bios. They are 17 and 19, and they grew up as, um, you know, foster siblings to, you know, all of these children that have come through their home, the home. And I have just been amazed 
at the young adults that they are becoming and have become and believe it or not they want to foster and adopt one day which blew my mind when that changed because at first it's hard it's a hard adjustment yeah it's hard to make them share their home mm-hmm. and their family and their, and their parents. parents. Yeah, yes. their toys, yeah. their TV, their video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and as you know, when other kids play with something that's not theirs, they're not always as careful. Right. You know, I joke that the best business in the world that should go on Shark Tank is the backs to every battery cover. They're Avian, always missing. Yes. Where do those yeah, go? Yeah, what is it about that? Why do they pick those off? Yeah. <laughs> so there needs to be a universal battery back yes cover. our remotes so right now my son crazy. yes our remotes right now have no battery covers on them well shark tank is waiting for you patty <laughs> come up with the solution there you go <laughs> duct tape <laughs> that's what my husband said it's already been invented <laughs> so you're you and your husband were both on the same page at the same time when you decided to foster mm-hmm. so you fostered how long before you adopted oh let's see I'm so bad with numbers. I want to say we adopted, we fostered for about a year and a half before our first child came. By the time we adopted him, it was, he was almost two. Um, So um, he came to us about a year and a half into our adoption. I mean, our fostering process, our fostering life. And um, so the first kids went back. They were, they were successfully reunited. Oh, great. And that's a cool story. They actually came from a family that was in the occult. And um, they could not get enough of Sunday school. That was their favorite thing. They also came to us with very specific ideas about segregation and not mixing with other colors. We have a man in our church who is a teacher, and he is African-American, very large African-American man who taught for years. When they left to go back to their family, he was their favorite person on earth because he taught one of them math. She said, I had no idea I was smart. Wow. like her, you know, part of the issue with their family is very dysfunctional. She was just told that she was not smart. In, in other words, uh-huh. she's like, I can't wait to go back and tell everyone in my family I'm, I'm smart. smart. <laughs> they just had no idea. Wow. But they took their scripture book. We had a little ABC scriptures. And she said, Mom, can I take this back with me? And I said, oh, of course I should have offered it to you. It's yours. She said, well, I've got it memorized, but I'm going to go teach my parents. Oh, wow. She said, they know who Jesus is, but they don't know what he did for us. Wow. And believe it or not, I ran into the CPS worker about six months or eight months later, and she said when she went back to check up on them, they were going to church and they had a home church. This family wow. in the occult That's amazing. became believers. And that was a successful reunification. Yeah, no kidding. But after they left and we had a few in you know short-term situations, and then the baby came, and they called us, and we did not foster babies because, again, we did not want to be – You know, we wanted to leave them for all the people lined up for these babies. Right. So we were so surprised that they said, we need y'all to consider this. And I said, well, we can borrow. Sure, we can borrow a crib. We can, I can get some bottles. It'll be fun. Right. It'll be fun for a little while. Have a baby. Sure. The kids will get a kick out of it. My team. Back then they weren't teens, but sure, this will be fun. Be a lark. And they brought him in and they put him in my arms. And I thought, oh, I'm in trouble. This baby he was so cute. He still is. He's five now. <laughs> and um, he was only going to be there for a few weeks because there was someone who was getting a home study done and, you know, that story. Right. So it was just for a few weeks, so no problem. Well, the weeks turn into months, and the months turn into almost two years. And um, But we knew. 
I looked at my husband who was playing with them one day and feeding them and trying to burp them. And this little baby's trying to smile at him, this little toothless smile. And, um, and I said to Derek, I said, Derek, I really need to talk to you. And he didn't even look over at me. He goes, I already know what it's about. I'm right there. He goes, Aw. You know, I'm right there with you. And I was like, oh, that was, I was worried about what to say, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because here our kids were, you know, getting to be preteens. Right. We're talking about a whole new game plan with a baby. Oh, yeah. Patty likes to start over, too. Yes. And over, and over, <laughs> and over. Yes. Never too old to have a baby in the house, I always I say, you know, our youngest is three now. That's right. This was a whole lot easier 30 years ago than it is now. I go to bed every night and think, oh, my God, I'm too old for this. I do this. And I get up the next morning, and it's like, oh, my God, she's so cute. <laughs> yes. And then I'm revived, and it's like, okay, I can do this. And then at night, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm too old for this. There's a scripture, renew a steadfast spirit within me, Lord. Yes. Renew it. <laughs> yes. And yes. there's some nights I'm with you. I'm putting my pajamas on, and I'll kind of look up at the ceiling. Like, Are you sure, Lord, you chose the right yes. person? And the next morning, I'm ready to go again. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. So you actually have a Facebook ladies Bible study, right? Yes. That a lot of foster moms are on. Oh, you know what? We, um, we do. We, we started, well, you know the schedule. We were a group home at one point. Right. Which anyone listening, a group home at the time, we don't have them anymore, but it's, you could have um, 10 kids in your home. You could have up to 12. Oh, Because we had up to 12. We I had 12. Know. Yeah, when we were. All right. Well, we could only have up to 10. Okay. At the time. Um, and so, you know, Texas came through and changed that, and they right. phased group homes out. Right. So at that time, we were maxed out. We had we were, we were had our 10th kid in our home at the time, but they had not finished the paperwork. Or, okay. So they came and removed her, and that was kind of a sad story. Aww. But while she was there for the few weeks, some friends of ours had visited. They never, they visited about once a year. They came by to visit, and they ended up adopting her. Oh. So she had to be in our oh, home. What an amazing story. During those two weeks. Yeah. And they they never fostered, they never adopted, they went to classes just to get her. And I will tell you, homegirl is living large. They have Porsches in this family. She's going to private school. I was like, That is wonderful. Me. Really. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. That's a cool story. But um but yes, yeah, so we had um no time and I was really missing Bible study. Right. And so I was going to BSF, but it seemed like there was a child that always got sick on Wednesday or uh-huh. something that would keep me from being on time or I just not, I just was always a fail. I right. say I'm a flunky for BSF and that's always on Wednesday mornings. So I was praying one day and I was like, okay, Lord, all I've got is the only time I can have a Bible study in my home is in the wee hours before the kids mm-hmm. go to school. So I started a little Bible study at 540 AM in my home, which is ridiculous, right? And I posted it on our neighborhood Facebook page. And three years later, we still have a 5.40 a.m. Bible study that meets every week. It's the longest Bible study that I've ever been a part of. But, you know, moms like to come and that read is the amazing. Bible together. So, And then we get home in time to wake our kids up for school or, or whatever. So. Don't you do one online, too, though? I just started one online because yes. we had people saying, I would love to do this, but I live too far. Now, if you did that at 5.40, I would be part of it. I do. You do not do it at 540. <laughs> no, you do it at 6 do. o'clock. Well, that's true. That's true. But if you would move it to <laughs> 530, I could do it. Would because you? my kids get up at 6. I see. You're like, you do not. You're right. That that it, I turn the phone on or I open that at 540 and we start at 6. So you would miss yeah. it. Yeah. See, I miss it. Yeah. 
I was going to call your bluff. Now, see, I'm up by four. So if you want to do a four o'clock <laughs> one, I, I'm there. Now you're I calling my bluff. <laughs> I could do that. Oh, wait. I, I couldn't hear you. What was that? <laughs> Just change your schedule. Get the kids up at four. Yeah, well. Get them out of the house. No, we don't want them up at Y'all four. Sit outside and wait on the bus. It's <laughs> coming. We've got Bible study. So, Candace, tell us there is. Um, lots of scripture out there that tells us about caring for the orphan yes why we should do that so let's talk about that for a minute what is your favorite well i think james 127 is the one and i was looking up earlier in psalms there's one um let me find it mine mine is james 127 and i think that is the one that most people you know it's the religion that that our uh, god our father accepts as pure and faultless yes is to look after orphans and widows in their distress. Um, but there's one in Psalm, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. So a father to the fatherless. Because I think that's a little more descriptive of who these kids are. You know? Yes. I mean, they're not all orphans like people think of as orphans. You know, they do have a biological mom and father out there usually. Right. So I think the fatherless is really the scriptures about fatherless are the ones that I think, you know, are where society is really needing to step in there. Right. Yeah. You know, they just need a picture of what to look. What does a father look like? Right. Because a lot of people, when they when you talk about orphans, they think about third world countries, these kids that have no mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Um, that one is the one that I think is most and it's it's Psalm 68, five. But then in Psalms 146, he talks about the fatherless, too. He watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless. I love uh, John 14, 18, where it says, I will not leave you as orphans. Mm. And that, I think, is just, um, just really touches my heart because it's a promise mm-hmm. that no matter what, you know, we're not going to remain as orphans and that there's hope. I'm not sure if you saw our show a few weeks ago when um, the Baileys were on here with their... I didn't see that one. So Jay's 18 and aged out of care. Mm -hmm. And I had saw on Facebook where she had said how hard it was to age out and how every every decision you make, you know, depends on... And so the Baileys came on and Jay came on and was telling her story about aging out of foster care and they ask her to be adopted on the show oh wow i'm gonna go back and look at that and she was adopted last monday oh my goodness at 18 that's beautiful you know we had a young man at the shelter who told us that was the hardest part of foster care i i asked him once once we became resigned to doing foster care my husband and i started dirt while we were training we started actually asking the ones that aged out because Uh we wanted Tell us what was hard. Tell us what to avoid. Tell us advice. They were always so generous to once they realized, even though it wouldn't affect them, right. they would want to tell us, don't do this or do do that. And one guy said the hardest part of foster care wasn't being in foster care. It was aging out. My time was up. Yeah. I didn't have a family. Yeah. I also want to tell you on the scripture, it's not specifically on foster care or adoption, but the kids that come through our home, we do ABC scriptures, and their favorite one is usually never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That is, always seems to be a, one that Something they kind of for them to hang on to, to. yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. 
So I wanted to mention that while we're talking about scripture. So now that y'all are, so y'all are not fostering anymore, right? State won't let us. We're, yeah. they said You're maxed out, kids. right? I said, what? Have you even heard of Patty Rooks? <laughs> I know that's not the case. Oh, There's got to be a way. <laughs> People always say that. Well, how did you end up with 20 of it? You know, if we can only have six. But, you know. Maybe um, we took them all. <laughs> I, I, get, I do get called the kid hoarder. <laughs> well, that's what I want to tell people now. We're not setting out to take kids. No. Isn't that the truth? We're not trying. You know, it's just, um, I see these kids and it's, just such a shame that you know people are you know we license people every week and we hear people say you know um, I want kids zero to five or zero to three their shopping list and not that there's not a need for that because there is there's a need for anyone that will take a child period but there's so many kids that are just waiting to and I think one of the saddest part our daughter Precious told us that, you know, she's she was 16 when we adopted her. And she tells a story about being in a, she was in a group home and down in Midland, Odessa. And she talks about how that as a, in foster care, being an older child, that you do not look forward to your birthday because mm -hmm. every birthday you have means that you move further away from the chance of getting adopted. Oh, that's... That breaks and I think, heart. oh, my God, that's heartbreaking. You know, people think about, um, oh, that's oh you know, kids in foster care, we should give them gifts and things like that. But to think about that they do not look forward to their birthday. And to this day, she is 23 now. Mm -hmm. I might have got that wrong, so she's probably going to be texting me saying, <laughs> God, Mom, you don't even know how old I am. Um but she still does not want to celebrate her birthday every year when it rolls around. Because in her mind, she associates. Yes, it's a negative. Day. It's a negative thing in her mind, and so every time her birthday comes around a week before, she starts telling me, "Now, Mom, I don't want anything for my birthday. I don't want cake. I don't want to, you know." And of course, we do something every year. That is a powerful story that yeah. people need to hear. Yeah. So I, sad. I, I can totally understand that. You know, um, my father was one of a sibling group of five that was adopted. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it never, honestly, I, when I was growing up, it was not something he talks about that much. Uh -huh. um, he was 10 years old when he was adopted. So were they adopted together? No, they were all Aww. separated. And back then, it was a little more brutal even than right. our current system. They would all go to one house, and they would pick, and then they'd go to the next. It was, yeah, and my dad would try to, anyways, just, just, it's all sad, but try to talk the families into keeping, right. you know, several, but um, he never really talked about it that much, and he's such a great guy, you know, he's, he's a great example of how, you know, their story's not, you get him with the family, uh -huh. and the story's not finished yet, you know, right. And such a great character. And I mean, he must be so proud of what you're doing. He loves the kids. He loves them, and he's a really funny, very buttoned down. He's like a Bob Newhart kind of guy. Whereas, you should have brought him yeah. to the you, show. Oh boy, you 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 would have gotten a kick out of him. He wears dress shoes with shorts and everything. He's that kind of guy. He recently. I love Bob Newhart. You do. <laughs> That's my dad. He recently had some sort of day surgery and um they said just wear pajamas because you know your wife's gonna drive you home and he said oh really wear pajamas they said well just you know pajamas because you'll be comfortable right. when you get. 
He says, okay. So he shows up, and he had his starched khakis and his starched shirt. And they said, we told you to wear pajamas. He said, I am. They're under here. I wore them underneath. <laughs> did he really? Yes, I really did. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that is funny. I was like, Dad, that totally defeats the purpose. He goes, well, I was following directions. Wow. <laughs> he has to be so proud of you, though. He really gets a kick out of these kids, and the kids love He's poppy. Everybody, you know, Aww. they all love him. And they get a chance to have a grandpa. So. Well, you know, that's really wonderful because so many cases, it's not like that. It's the, the families that don't want to accept those kids in. I think, you know, in the Bible where it says, you have to love me so much that it's almost like you hate everyone else, even right. your family. You have to just set your, your mind. We had a lot of resistance. Now, not from him. I mean, he's just, you know, he has a background that he could, he right. was excited about. It. But, you know, the rest of the family doesn't know what to do with that. Right. You're being called. You know, no one else is. Right. So I think about John the Baptist walking around eating, you know, honey and locusts. I mean, you know, they would have probably tried to talk sense into him. Right. So everyone tried to talk sense into us, you know, and especially as you keep adopting. Um, like I said, we're getting people ready. think you're crazy. Yes, right? and yes. you can't save them all, you know. And I think sometimes people say that to you know, it's like, well, we're not trying to save them all, but right. have you met this one child? Right. You know, you yes. tell him that. Yes. And um, and so you know, we talk about kids getting stuck. Like you talk about precious dreading those birthdays. We were going back to get a home study to adopt again. We were going to adopt a little boy at about are we put nine to 11 on the ages uh-huh. now that's we've never put ages on things but we wanted to go back and get a child that maybe was getting ready to be stuck in the system right nobody goes in looking for a boy who's a preteen right in my opinion most, most our don't. girl right true and so they want cute cuddly i can uh-huh. have an impact on them well you can have a big impact on these right. kids so we were going back in specifically for this when we got a call about a boy. And it wasn't He wasn't in foster care, but he was getting ready to probably enter the system. Okay. And his, his um, family had passed away, and he'd been left. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a legal uh, – the, the mother had a long sickness. So she had time to prepare paperwork to legally leave him with some people. Um, and they weren't able to care for him, and they were in living oh, conditions wow. that uh-huh. CPS didn't feel like were in his best interest. So a friend of a friend of someone who we went to Sunday school with called us and said, you guys adopt kids. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> but it was specifically the age. Don't so you love that, how people just hear about you? And one of my favorite stories is we had a, um, you know, we live out in the country on a farm to market road and one day it was in the summertime and one of my kids came in and was like mom there's someone out here that um needs to talk to you and I go out and it was this lady had pulled up in a pickup and she is Hispanic does not speak English I do not speak Spanish um I have several Hispanic children that do not speak Spanish and so she's trying to tell me something. She has three kids that are, it's like an extended cab pickup. And they're standing up. They have no car seats. And they're standing up in the back floorboard and talking to her. And so she's talking to them back and forth and trying to make me understand. I have no idea what she's talking about. And this one little boy, he's probably five or six. And he says, my mom wants to know if you're the lady that she can drop off kids with goodness did he mean permanently i don't know <laughs> bless his <laughs> yeah 
yeah, you're that lady. Yeah, isn't that crazy, though? Well, and even the person that contacted us, I mean, there would be no reason he and his wife, I mean, they had, like, yeah. you know, a little child, one yeah. little child, but, you know, hey, we're the ones that do that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Isn't that crazy? And they're nice as can be. It's just it never occurred to them. Yeah. You exactly. know, there's a child who needs somebody. We better call the Rookses. Because they know what to do, right? <laughs> yes. yes. Gil, said, Gil said 22 is the answer. That's, That's what he said. There you go. Oh, I thought she meant 22 kids was <laughs> no, the answer. No, no, no. I think that's what he meant. <laughs> that's this, what we heard, Dill. This is a family show. He can't cuss on here, so could you not make him type that? Um, and my mom wants to know when is the next adoption. Oh, that's a good question. So we're just now getting paperwork started, but I'm going to invite her. Okay, Mom, you're getting a personal invite. Absolutely. And so y'all have not done the paperwork yet? We're doing it. Well, we've got um, legal guardianship. Oh, okay. And we've got legal guardianship at this time, um, and he is in school. So we're kind of establishing that six-month right. magical time period when wow. when you're recognized in the eyes. You know. So how often do you have people say to you, we heard this all the time, we still hear it, is this going to be the last one? Every time. You know, we, for a long time, we would say, yes. okay, yeah, we're going to adopt this one, but this is the last yes. one. And then we learned that we couldn't put a limit on God. I think he hears that and he goes, challenge accepted. Yes, exactly. Like, I don't hear it audibly, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's the phrase that yes. goes on up in heaven. Yes. We learn to just, when God's done, well, that then we're done. When we adopted the last child we adopted, we left the courthouse in Fort Worth and we went to that old pancake house that's down, near yes. downtown. Okay, so that's yes. where we'd go afterwards. We went to have pancakes, and there was nine of us at this table, and little Texas, the red hair, redhead, she looked around, and we just left the courthouse, and she looks at Derek, and she said, when we go out to eat, there's always an extra chair because we're an odd number. We need one more kid. There you go. And I thought, she just said that in front of God and everybody. Right. <sighs> and you know one more is coming, but Derek laughed so hard. He said, the ink's not even dry <laughs> on the last one. So let's just give me a minute. That is cute. <laughs> so, Candace, y'all are very busy people. You have all these kids, um, lead two Bible studies, and y'all have two restaurants, correct? That's true. So tell us about your restaurants. Um, well, they are seafood restaurants. My husband uh, retired from Microsoft after 20 years, about 20 oh, wow. years. Mm -hmm. And so we were looking for something that was opposite because you were bored this is my and you need favorite. something to do, to do. okay <laughs> and we were looking at different businesses and um the business broker we were working with said i know this is outside of what you're looking for but hey there's this great restaurant down in the small town granberry and um and it's for sale and just just for grins i said let's just drive down there granberries we've got friends down there uh -huh. we'll have meet them for dinner uh-huh we went down there and they had the best jalapeno cheese grits ever everything there is well that's a scratch. good reason right to start would, a restaurant when yeah. you just go ahead and, yeah. and so we met them for dinner and we had such a great time and we really enjoyed everything and we came back and my husband's from the west coast i grew up now down near the gulf um either i've lived in texas louisiana and florida always on the gulf and he grew up on the west coast and was very into seafood so we said that was some of the best seafood and we at one point in our lives we were foodies we we knew the best restaurants right. that served seafood in dallas we we're like we really enjoyed that you know like we were craving it within a few days we wanted to go back so we're looking at different businesses and i said you know i wouldn't 
I wouldn't say no if you wanted to do this, you know, if the numbers are right and everything. And so we just stepped out on faith. And I'll tell you, my, my son goes to school. Now he's 19. He goes to school down in Tarleton. And so he um, works there and helps us. And it's really been a fun family thing. Um, sometimes our, our younger kids get to help out if, um, during the parades. They are the lobster and the, um, I love it. the crab. <laughs> They're famous. Do they, they feel fight famous. Over who's yes. Do it? Yes. Oh my God, I love They're it. They're these huge mascot costumes, and they stand in the back. We've got a forty-six Dodge pickup with flames on it because the name of the restaurant is right. Flame Seafood. And they sit in the back and they wave at everybody, and they're like, "We're famous," but you can't tell they're famous because they're in the mascot <laughs> costume. So cute. Very cute. So you opened the restaurant in Granberry. Granberry, and and then we bought the second one in Weatherford. Okay. Um, about oh, it's only been about four or five months now for the one in Weatherford. Okay. And so, um, anyway, it's been going great. Our, you know, people are coming and they're really supportive. The community's been very supportive and, you know, we make everything from scratch, so that helps. Um, the cooks are amazing. What a blessing. It's been a blessing. It's been a lot of fun. So how do you balance that with the restaurant and the kids and everything going on? Well, you know, people always say you're so busy. I don't feel any busier than I did with one child I really don't and that's so counterintuitive and I don't think I would believe me either if right. I heard someone tell me that right but it's true because everyone loves to play together they really do no one's bored in our home when people say my child is bored how and they post what do you do when you when your child says they're bored that never comes out of my kids mouths we have a chore jar, number one, looming, right. yeah. looming on the counter. <laughs> and I always say, pick a chore, you know, but, but they play together and they've learned, I think bigger families, the kids do play together better. Yes, I, I agree. do. Because you don't just have one option. Right. If that person doesn't want to play Lego, somebody does. Right. You always have someone to play with or to fight with. <laughs> That's whichever true one too. you want to do. Right. The, and I will say the kids are so sweet spirited together. Um, but we also, here's the other mother's secret of, of big families. Everyone is in charge of the one below them. So when we're leaving, if this one doesn't have both shoes on and her hair brushed, I look at the one that's slightly older than her and say, why is her hair not brushed? So no one wants to be the one getting in trouble. Right. So they make sure the other, other one below one them. Done it. Yes. Good idea. There you go. Good Parenting idea. tip for big families. There right you there. go. And I haven't, I haven't heard of that one before. I don't have to comb everyone's so hair. So have you ever left one somewhere? We've never left. So I've thought I have, but we've never left anyone. Now we have showed up places without shoes. I don't know how a kid gets in the car barefooted. Mine doesn't. Well, makes no sense, we had. I had a call from <laughs> our pre-K teacher a few years ago when Keegan was in pre-K that said uh, Deal was responsible for taking him to school that morning, and he sent him to school in two different boots. One was black, and one was brown. <laughs> But that wasn't the bad part. They were both left feet. Okay. okay. Now, see, my three girls that are close in age always get shoes the same. And one time I saw my little Zoe out there playing t-ball, and she had two. Both shoes were the same, (laughs) but they were both left feet. And I was looking, and I thought, how did that? Oh, she got two of the left ones. Right. Well, (laughs) Deal has. Now, he's going to, I'm sure, reply to this. He has left 
a couple of kids before. Uh-oh. Not Jill. Um, yes. He left Bubba at church one time. See, that was an accident because it was Bubba. <laughs> I was going to say because I like that. that. I tell him that I like that That's one. not now, the one it, to leave. If yes. it had been some of the others, I'd have said that was a plan. <laughs> yes. So he left Bubba. But don't worry. The, the Sunday school teacher ran out and stopped him in the parking lot. <laughs> That's hilarious. And then we went on, uh, we were on vacation, and he left one at a gas station. A gas station. And he I made it to, which one. He made it to the next. Which one? I can't say. He you made it to, to the say. next exit before he was like, oh, my God. I have a friend now, just to, re, just to reassure Deal, I have a friend I grew up with whose family left her at a rest stop on a road trip. Yeah, and there were no phones so back scary. then, yeah. and then they noticed. Yeah. I thought she was asleep. <laughs> and she's old enough to really, she still lets them have it, and it's all these years later. Oh, wow. But we've I not left Charlie them. anything. I'd be more traumatized than he would You be. can't it's leave true. if you only have one child. You can't leave them. That's true. That'd be hard to do. Yeah, that would be he hard does, to do. Unless does, you did it on purpose. He does run off. <laughs> Last year, he left mom's house while she was babysitting while I was out of town. That's scary. Yeah, went home. She I, called me, and she's like, did you come get Charlie? I'm like, I'm two hours away. <laughs> Oh, no. no, what do you mean? Did I come get Charlie? Where's Charlie? Oh, yeah, I would be he in a had, panic. Now, I live on one street. Mom's on the street behind me. Uh-huh. And the, there's only one entrance from the main road to get onto my road, and you have to take it all the way around to get to hers. He left her house, went home, let our big, giant dog in the house. Oh, my goodness. Him, locked the doors and turned on cartoons. And How old was he? Four. Well, see, that's independent. I said, you better kill him because it's <laughs> Oh, wow, that's impressive, though. Oh. He made it home. Yeah. That was, it's, it's scary, though. But we've not, I've never left him. Mom, I've have you ever left Charlie anywhere? Hmm. Okay, our time is up, though. Well, thank you, Candace, sure, sure. so much for you joining us. You have to come us. back so we can finish talking. Absolutely. Yes, and but we want you to bring Dixie with you. Because we want to hear about being a sibling in a crazy big family. I think that's a great show subject. But I still think that we should take the podcast and go out to the restaurant. I think we'll do that. It's delicious. Come back for some jalapeno cheese grits. Well, thank you so much, and we'll see y'all next week on Intentional Parenting. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. Well, I just felt like I was just visiting with y'all over coffee. I hope that accomplished what you wanted to.